You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 151. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. Boy, oh boy, we have had two amazing episodes the last time. I've talked about my five years in sobriety and recovery, and then last week we discussed the matrix in sobriety, which I know was a lot. And in many ways, this show has become a lot. This show has become a lot more than I thought it was ever going to become. This show has become uh, a lot to a lot of people. It's become a humongous part of many of your addiction recovery, your sobriety, your journeys. It is it has become a huge foundation for so many. And I'm honored and will always be honored that you make the time to listen to me and to dive into this material and to embrace it and to apply it and then to evaluate and apply and rinse, wash, repeat. It's just, it's phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. And because we're at the 151 mark, just hit five years in sobriety, just broke the three years anniversary of the show. Um, I loved my little matrix in sobriety from last week and, and I got some pretty hilarious comments about that via social media. And so I'm glad that so many of you liked it, that it seemed like I got lo- got us lost in the matrix. And yes, for one of you out there, it was like, which is just like the movies, the matrix, you just get lost in what's going on. Like, yeah, that's not always my intention, but it definitely seems to happen very frequently. Um, you know what? And I do. I go off and, and as one of my listeners once called it, I scroll around and I jump from topic to topic and I do sidebars that cause me to completely go off the rails. And it's one of the, my favorite things about the show. And based off how I've heard it from y'all, it's one of your favorite things about it. Um, certainly, I've gone and listened to 20, 30 different uh, podcasts on sobriety and recovery and I do not hear people talking about it the way that I do. And I definitely like the energy I bring to this because it's important to me that while the journey into sobriety and all of the trials and tribulations and the emotions and everything that comes with that, it can, it can seem overwhelming. It can be a lot. When we choose to step into sobriety, we get to release that version of us that's no longer serving us, that's no longer serving our individual self. And the emotional traumas and everything that are going to come flooding back when we take away the the mask that we had been wearing as someone who was doing okay but not really doing okay. When we take that off, it, it can seem like a lot. And in many cases it is because part of the human experience is to figure out this balance, this homeostasis within our lives. And then to continue living that way so that we can just have that balance. Even if the balance is completely screwed up by drugs and alcohol, at least it's a balance. Um, As Tony Robbins once said, the brain and the mind will do anything possible in um, in in order to stay congruent with the identity we've created in our heads. And congruency is this desire to 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 stay connected, to stay to to maintain, right? If something feels incongruent to you, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't. It feels, something feels off about it. So the mind wants to keep us congruent with the identity we've created for ourselves within our own minds. 
This is why when you say I am statements like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not very smart or I'm, you know, I'm overly emotional or I'm a loser or I'm not good at this. Those become, those I am statements, those if said enough times actually become the identity you have about yourself. And so when we step into sobriety and recovery, we are looking to demolish those old I am statements and replace them with new I am statements. And it's a journey and it can take, you know, certain things we've been telling ourselves or have been told to us since we were little, you know, knee high to a grasshopper. It's going to take some time to break through those. And certainly NLP and the processes of going in your brain and, and reframing and re, re-experiencing some of these memories can help. Um, I'm going to do a whole episode on, on how NLP can can be embraced in sobriety and recovery. Because for me, it was it was the turning point. When I discovered NLP at month four, everything changed. Um, the practices of overcoming my traumas and being able to go back into memories and experience them a different way, taking the lesson from it and leaving the, the emotional baggage and the trauma in the past where it belongs was groundbreaking to me. Um, I still do it every single day to myself. And NLP is life. It's how our five senses um, it bring information into our minds and then how we filter it and how we process it in order to create the reality we think we're living in inside of our minds. And that's, that's it. No two people will ever use their eyes and their ears and their, and their mouth and their fingers and their nose to experience the world the same way. And because we experience the world through our five senses and we take in vast amounts of information that we cannot even begin to fully embrace in our conscious mind because it would overload our brain and we'd come crumbling down, we take in a ton of information and we just let it go into the unconscious mind. And then the unconscious mind is where a lot of our behaviors are living. A lot of the habits we've created are living. The traumas that we can consciously remember we're just seeing the surface level of what that trauma, it's the tip of the iceberg. The depths of that trauma, the depths of the iceberg, they're under the surface in the unconscious mind. And NLP is a pseudoscience built around psychology that helps you go in and fix all that up. To me, it is, I mean, everything else that you've ever learned around cognitive behavioral therapy and tapping and such, all of it's built upon the philosophies, the ideals, the the practices, the sequences, the knowledge base that was created for neuro-linguistic programming. Anyways, I don't want to go off the rails on an NLP conversation when that's not what I prepared for. What I did prepare for was to make this pilot part three. Because this show has become a lot. Because it's grown so much. And a part of me really wants to go back and reshoot po- the, the original pilot. And somehow I would love to be able to have the original pilot behind the new pilot. Um, it, just because I think it would be great to go back. I've listened to the original pilot so many times. And, uh, and the show has grown beyond what I thought it was going to be then. It's not really a good pilot anymore. Um, but then again, they didn't. You know, friends didn't get to go back and reshoot a pilot. So <laughs> it's like the show grew. It continues to grow. How can I um, assimilate this into it? And so what I would like to discuss today is, for those of you who are new to the show, and there are a lot of you, is what I would have said then that I can say now about what this show is going to be about. From Sobriety to Recovery is 
conversation between us about what it's going to be like to go from sobriety to recovery. And that I truly do believe that there are infinite ways to go from sobriety to recovery. I do not believe that any one modality is the most is is the necessity of all of the modalities. And modalities to me are AA and refuge and Dharma and smart and YPR, young people in recovery, all of these. They're they're all great. They all have a place. Every single one of us has embraced something about one of these in some way, or we've walked away from one of these in some way for a reason. And for me or anybody else to sit here and tell you the only way you're going to find success is if you go to AA or Refuge or Dharma or SMART would be ridiculous because there is no guarantee of success when you first step into sobriety. The only predicator of the success is going to be your effort and your willingness and determination to continue to push through that which you find extremely uncomfortable. It really is. There is going to be a ton of uncomfortability in the first stages of sobriety. There will still be un- there will still be uncomfortability in the fifth year. I'm still pushing myself through things that I honestly would have thought I would have figured out by now. And I and I know I talk a lot about you know not having expectations, not judging myself, and and that's great, and I, and I truly do believe it. But there's times you know like me and one of my peers were talking about the other day when it's the human dilemma, it's the human experience that we all are going through, that emotions and thoughts come about, and there are times where our actions and behaviors aren't congruent with who we would like to be now. That's that cognitive dissonance that I talk about in the previous episode. It's part of the human experience. It's okay. It's okay not to be okay. It's it's excellent not to walk around spewing out po- toxic positivity because heaven forbid you should have to you know just stop for a moment and realize shit ain't going well. And that's okay that some things don't go well. What's not okay is sitting down and saying, well, that's just it. I'm done. I quit. I'm going to go back to the way things used to be. Because let's talk, let's, let's talk Frank for a moment. It wasn't that good. Bouncing from hangover to hangover to hangover and questioning my behavior and questioning myself and, and wondering if the people around me were really my friends or just using me for the drinks or the drugs I brought around. I mean, when, when people are like, I should just go back to the way things were, it's so much easier. I'm like, really? Or is it just easier to convince ourselves that it was easier back then? Because heaven forbid we should have to push through this painful moment right now because we're having an emotionally triggering moment. The only guarantee I can make about your journey from sobriety to recovery is that if you quit and go back to drinking, you won't ever feel the peaceful serenity that comes from fully embracing addiction recovery. There will be a part of you that will question and wonder anytime something goes sideways while you're actively using, what would life have been like if I would have stayed quitting? Or if I would have just quit when I thought about it? Or if I were to just stop right now? You'll never get to experience that if you just keep going about things the way that you always have. So when someone says to me, you got to do AA, you got to do one of these other things or it's not going to work for you, that's that's not true. It's it's absolutely, it's just not true. Studies have been done. 
it, if AA had a 100% success rate, trust me, we'd all have done it. The reality is, is that we all have different ways of experiencing the world. That's what we talk about with the NLP. Our five senses deliver us information completely differently than they ever will. Even a twin, even someone who stood next to us our entire lives, would never experience things the same way that we do. Because of that uniqueness about us, we are going to want to seek out unique ways to journey from sobriety to recovery. You're going to want that. You're, you're, it's something that you should seek. If somebody ever tells you this is the only way, you should really doubt that person's advice because there is no only way. There might have been the best way for them, but that does not mean that it is the best way for you. This show is going to dive into emotional intelligence. This show is going to dive into your physical growth, your mental sharpness, right? That first year, your body is going to be recovering physically from years and years of abuse. It's going to be a journey. It's going to be difficult at times, and other times it's going to be easy. And again, difficult and easy are all subjective. So much, not just so much, I mean, yeah, like, Damn near everything, and I'm not one. I am not one to use words that encompass everything or nothing. Like they're they're called universal qualifiers. I'm not one, and universal qualifiers are everything, always, never, everybody. Like anytime you try to take a huge collective of either all or nothing, those are called universal qualifiers. I'm not one to use those very often because very few things are always or never. I feel pretty confident when I say that we will always be unique in the way that we take in information. Every single person will be different. And if there wasn't always to an addiction recovery modality, then everybody would be doing it and all of us would have success. When it comes down to the nitty gritty, you're going to have to determine what it is that works for you. You're going to have to take on all this different learning and growth opportunities to see what works. And if somebody tells you that their way is the only way, that may have worked for them, but that does not mean that it's always going to work for you, that it's the best way for you. And that's okay. Take what they say. Use it for what it is. Take, you know, take the lesson, take the, take the juicy nugget and take that and then add that to your backpack of, of life to your, it's this metaphor I have where we we have this backpack that we carry around on us and all of our skills and our talents and our hobbies and the way we talk and write and think, it all exists in this backpack. Add to it what you will. And also know there are times where you need to go through there and do an inventory and take things out. Old identities, old habits. There are things that are no longer useful. Make space for the new. Make space for the amazing. I was talking to somebody the other day. Um, I've been having a lot of meetings with addiction recovery centers and, and power players here in, in the local area, in the surrounding states. And in fact, I'm going back out west to have some conversations out there with people who are very highly involved in the industry. And one of someone recently um, made a comment. He's like, I've never heard anyone who got up, um, you know, 
immediately did something active or did something meditated, did something good for themselves. And then, you know, always with somebody around AA, they're like, I never, I never talked to anybody who got up, did something good for themselves, meditated, prayed, read the big book, went to a meeting, went to work, put forth their best version of themselves, came home, ate a great dinner. He's like, I've never heard anybody who did all these awesome things for themselves on any given day. I've never heard that person say, and then I went and started using again that night. And it really was impactful because whether you followed the big book and or not, the guy had a, a you can't argue with the point. If you get up and each day you do great things for yourselves, regardless of what the outcome is, right? Some days the workouts are better than others. Some days the food I eat tastes better than others. Some days the way I organize my day and my time management's better than others. But either way, I'm working towards something. And coming up podcast episodes, we're going to talk about your purpose. What is your purpose around your sobriety? I want to talk about these big, huge meta, you know, quantum ideas. And I get meta and quantum are super big buzzwords in the marketing world right now. I think Facebook even changed their name to meta. But the idea is like things that go so high above, it's like we're almost talking theory, right? But it's like, I love talking theory, but then I want to figure out practical ways to put it into your life. And we're going to discuss that on this show, right? This, you know, the idea of what is your purpose and how can you really bring that into your sobriety and recovery? Finding a purpose often means reverse engineering what it is that you would really like to um, have in your life. Going back to the way you got into things as a kid, where you would get curious about something, then super interested, then it became something you were extremely passionate about. And not everything you're curious about becomes an interest, and not everything you're interested about becomes a passion, and not everything that you get passionate about becomes a purpose. But if you try new things consistently, just like we would have hoped as a child we would have had the opportunity to do, just keep trying new things. Eventually things start to stick, and those become the things that are important to you. And the more that something becomes important to you, the more you become passionate about it. And passions are internally focused and purposes are externally focused. So when you find enough things that you're passionate about, eventually something will become an external focus and that becomes a purpose. And when you have a purpose, when you have something that you can send out to the rest of the world, that becomes an anchor in your sobriety and recovery. And we're going to discuss how to find that. We've already discussed how to find it. But because this is pilot part three at episode 151, what a great opportunity is to to reinvigorate you to go back and listen to some of the episodes and maybe not be wandering around the grocery store or at the shopping mall or walking the dog, but do it with a pen and a pad. And for those of you who are like, I ain't going to do that. That's 151 episodes. And I don't know why I all of a sudden decided to take on a thick country accent when I said this. Maybe it's because I live in the country now, but I don't know. That's the voice I chose. But I'm going to do this for y'all. I'm going to go back over every single one of the episodes, and I'm going to have them transcribed, and I'm going to turn it into a book. And that's going to be available on demand on Amazon. Um, I'm going to make digital versions of that available on the new site that I'm launching. More about that in a moment. Um, And so there's going to be a, a way I'm going to be able to deliver just the juicy nuggets from each one of the episodes to you, so you don't necessarily have to go back and listen to them all. But If you really like listening to me ramble for 45 minutes, I'd recommend you go back and listen to them all. (laughs) So we're not going to, I'm not going to to promote any specific modality, AA, I almost said AAA, AA, Refuge, Dharma, any of those. They're great. 
I will reference them from time to time. Um, as this show begins to grow this year, I'm going to start bringing on people from addiction recovery centers, people who um, subscribe to particular modalities, because I want you to hear other voices than just mine. I want you to meet some of the people that I'm meeting in order to make a bigger and, and long-lasting impact in this world of addiction recovery. Moving out here to Huntsville has really given me a, a keen perspective on what it's like to be a part of a community that is much more um, much more connected. You know, Los Angeles was just so spread out, and every time you called somebody, there was like 10 people you had to talk to before you could ever even get to talk to the person you wanted to. And here in Huntsville, and in Chattanooga, and Nashville, and Birmingham, Lexington, some of these bigger cities around me, I can literally get right to the source, right to the person in charge, to talk to them about what they're doing with their hands in the dirt and their feet in the mud to make an impact in people's lives who so desperately need someone to just reach out and say, I can help you. I want to know what those people are doing. I want to bring them to you. And I want to be someone who begins to really um, spread my arms out and embrace a larger portion of the community than, than I ever have before. Right, L.A. was its own beast. Huntsville is going to be its own animal. This whole region is going to be its own, its own intricacies. And I can't wait to put these puzzle pieces together. What I've been able to create in my life is, is absolutely something that I've developed systems to replicate. And you know what I talk about. If, if, if you can't measure it, you can't replicate it. And if you can't replicate it, then you can't practice it or do it, or do it succinctly and consistently enough to turn it into a skill. And to me, everything that can be measured can be replicated and thus turned into a skill. And that's what we do. That's what we're striving to do here on this show is take things that might seem abstract, that might be that might seem to be beyond an organizational structure and actually show you how they have an organizational structure to them. There's a way that your mind fires off the the anger mechanism inside of your head that causes you to lash out at people. And if we can reverse engineer how that happens to you, we can stop that trigger from firing off and we can begin to shorten your angry outburst to the point where you can literally stop it on a dime. Now, NLP has definitely taught me how to do that for myself, and I want to bring that stuff to you. So that's what we're going to be discussing on this show. That's where we're, that's where we have been going, and that's where we will be going. Everything is, everything is open for conversation here. And one of the things, and again, was this as well organized as it could have been? I don't know. Maybe in a way it was never meant to be. Uh, in front of me on the show notes, I've got my spheres, my pillars, my principles, my zones. I've got all these different ways of organizing my sobriety and recovery. And I've t- taught this to the tribe and I've taught these to my clients and I've spoken about these at centers and, and at workshops and seminars. And I'll bring them to you in a later episode. That's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk today about how we're embracing this whole new version of ourselves and all of its faults and frailties and all of its strengths and courage and wisdom and, you know, how we don't have the keys to the kingdom. We can't possibly see the entire map. We have our viewpoint. It's all about expansion. This year's word is expansion. Last year's was all about being somebody that was, I even have it on my desktop, it's relentless. I was all about relentlessness. And now I'm still relentless, but I'm expanding. 
I want to expand my field of vision. I want to expand my perspective. I want to expand my reach. I want to show you how to expand all of these things in your life. That being said, there will be times where I will fall on my face. There will be times where I will ramble on and and miss the key topic. There will be times where I get super excited and others would prefer that I was calm. There will be times when I bring up subjects and I don't necessarily speak about them in uh, the most um, ex- you know, inclusive way. There are definitely going, I'm human. I'm going to say things that maybe I look back on a year from now and I'm like, that's not how I would have talked about it today, but it's how I talked about it then. Something uh, recently happened on my Instagram account. My assistant and I noticed that we thought we had caught up to all the messages, but somehow, some way, in the messages request folder on your IG account, somehow there were literally thousands of unread messages. And I have no idea how they got buried. I don't know why all of a sudden they showed up. We thought we cleared it all out. And we don't know, we don't know if me messing around in there opened it back up. No idea. No idea. All I know is within like the last week or two, thousands of message requests showed up. And I didn't understand message requests. I thought if you were following somebody, you could just send them a message. I didn't realize message requests, like I still understand why that happens. Um, maybe somebody's got a blocked account or like a like a private account. So when they send something, that's how it does it. Not the point. Point is thousands of messages. And... I mean, we're talking from like 147 weeks ago and kind of like that's how long ago. I can't possibly go through them all and we're not even going to try because so many of them are so old, I don't even know. But I do know that I came across one that was flagged by my assistant and and basically the person that was loving the podcast until they got to one where I started talking about judgment. And I suppose uh, without having gone back and listened to it, just taking what the message said, that um, I talked about not judging other people for how they believe or feel or th- right to be inclusive, not exclusive. But I guess in that process, um, I brought up Trump. And actually, from her perspective, I had Trump shamed. And that really upset me that I did that. And, you know, I'm going to go back and listen to that episode and, and see how I framed it. And for all I know... I could have turned thousands of people off of this show when they got to that episode and, you know, they didn't want to hear about Trump or they didn't want to hear about Black Lives Matter. I have no idea. I have no idea. I feel like for the most part, I've done a good job of being inclusive over exclusive and I've kept away some of that social stuff because most people don't want that here. They, they, they come here for what they're doing for themselves and how they can open their minds. And so I feel like I've done a pretty good balance, but this one particular listener who I assume is not a listener anymore, um, she had written and she had written a long time ago and it just got me to thinking like how many of these episodes would I go back on now and experience differently, talk about differently. And so through this was a thought I'd had before her particular message, but now it seems even more appropriate is that I'm going to go back through and, and through this transcription and listening to these episodes again, I'm, we're going to start to do some revisits and see where as the growth in my mental acuity, in my physical development, in my emotional intelligence, where would I go back now and listen to something I talked about in episode 8, 17, or 24? And how would I talk about it now as compared to how I talked about it then? And 
it's going to be awesome. I'm super pumped. And this is one of the ways I'm going to turn this whole show into a book. And this will honestly help me develop my my overarching book idea, the one I've been talking about for a while now of, great, you're sober, now what? Um, I've always wanted to figure out how to take this show and, and turn it into a book. So first step is going to be to take the show and turn it into a book and then turn that book into a more easily digested book by people who've never listened to the show. And hopefully I go back and I can re-listen to the thing that brought up some stuff. And, you know, if I've ever said anything that's upset you, you know, I, I apologize you feel that way. It wasn't my intention. It was always my intention to include everybody, knowing full well that I was never going to be able to accomplish that. And that's a very good usage of a universal qualifier. Appeasing everybody means that you appease no one. And it is what it is. And looking at who I am now versus who I was three years ago when I started this show, it's I'm, I can barely believe what I've created in the last year, let alone three, let alone five. And how my perspective has really expanded and how I'm even more readily adaptable and able to embrace other people with different points of view and different thoughts. And yes, I still can viper a little bit when somebody butts heads with me and and disagrees with something that I firmly hold strong to. Um, And recently my peer, Aubrey Pohl, who I'll be teaching NLP with, if, if things go well, I'll be teaching an NLP class with her um, in April. So if you ever wanted to learn neuro-linguistic programming, there's an awesome opportunity for you to do it um, in mid-spring in April. And uh, one of the things that she said she heard recently was um, strong opinions loosely held. And meaning that, you know, have strong opinions, believe in what you believe in, but also hold them a little looser than with a death grip so that you can take in new information so that you can understand that your perspective isn't the only perspective. That, in fact, everybody's perspective is subjective to them. That means a lot when she says that and reminds me of that, because it makes me remember that I can have strong opinions about what's worked for me, but it's not the only way. You're going to have awesome ways. I have no doubt that I am just a small piece of your way. But any piece that I can play... I am honored to be that for you. So much about what this show has been is really just me discussing the ways that I've changed through all the things that I've learned and how I've implemented them. And I just bring you guys the conversations around that. I've got hundreds of episodes ahead of me with that are already, I mean, I could, I just have a whole, I have list after list after list of, of subjects. And as I begin to really embrace the Huntsville community, become more of a, of, of a uh, leader in the addiction recovery sphere here um, and get to really help out where it's most needed and, and, and expand myself and in, in the process, expand others. I can't wait to bring you those stories. I can't wait to introduce you to the people that I'm meeting. They're fascinating. This city's fascinating. Um, people who journey from sobriety to recovery are fascinating. There's just so much. And I'm honored that we've had 150 episodes to do it. I look forward to the next 150 and, the, and 1,500 after that. I can't wait till I'm 87 years old and still doing this show. What it will become is beyond anything I can imagine now, so I don't even try to imagine it. I just pray that you're all still along for the ride you're finding value, 
that you've reached out and, and where you can, you've made an impact in your community. Because for so many of us, we come out of the fire and we're able to say, wow, I cannot believe that. Awesome. Here's some buckets. Go back in, help someone else. Because in the end, we do this as a community. Because we're humans. Everything comes down to connection with humans. It comes down to how we communicate with ourselves. How we communicate with others. That's going to be the goal. It has been the goal. And will continue to be the goal of this show. To connect us. To bring us information that will help us communicate more effectively. That will that will open our minds up to perspectives that we had never thought of, let alone maybe even heard of before. Whatever it is you're experiencing over there, it's unique to you. And I will do my best to continue to bring you topics that fire up your brain, get you excited, inspire you, so that you motivate yourself to go off and take action in your own life. I can't drag you up the mountain with me. But as we're going up there, we'll be shouting all the way up. How high up the mountain are we looking to go? All the way up. Nothing has ever been the same since I stepped into sobriety. I continue to journey through my addiction recovery and look forward to 50 more years of this. 95 sounds like a pretty cool number to make it to. I'll see y'all on the other side of that. It's going to be super sweet. So here's to another 150, another 1,500, another 15,000 episodes, if that's what the universe has in store for me. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover, hit me up on social media, on Instagram, at Jesse Mogul, at From Sobriety Recovery. Email me, from sobriety recovery at gmail.com. I'm not hard to find. I'm the only Jesse Mogul. Find out more information, jessemogul.com. Hell, you want to have a more hands-on approach to this material? Reach out to me. I will discuss more about the membership site. I think we're going to call it Wise Mind University, but I'm not sure. Um, there's, just, there's a lot of names were floating around, but either way, I'm launching an entire site based on the conversations and the material I bring to you guys in in this podcast and my other podcast, College Success Habits. So. I had developed a course last year I was super pumped about, got a lot of people into it, and then I just sort of let it fall to the wayside as I started to develop other branches of my business and, and of, of my outreach to y'all. And I thought, you know what? It's time that it, it expands. And this year's all about expansion. So think about ways that you're ready to expand. And when this when, when this Wise Mind University title, we're still playing with, still playing with the title, whenever we launch this all up, it uh, will be something that I think will be an extremely valuable resource. All right, that's it. I'll stop rambling. 35 minutes is enough. Pilot part three. I'm not really sure it was that good of a organized pilot. Um, if you've never listened to me before, you can expect a lot more of this Jesseisms moving forward. <laughs> I think I'm going to stop sitting down when I shoot these two. I think I'm going to start pacing back and forth again because I really liked my energy when I was pacing back and forth. All right, my friends, if you'd like more knowledge, if you'd like to be more involved, if you'd like to join the tribe, hit me up. I just told you how. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives because we wake up sober. Shout out to sunshine. Glow on. See you next week. Bye-bye. 